Well, we have spoken so much over the last while and again this morning about rugby in our communities and how the sport will manage to survive. The NPC has been a sore point for crowd sizes and empty stadiums, but this weekend that won't matter for Canterbury because they're going to the country, kind of, uh, when they host Taranaki tomorrow at the Rangiora Showgrounds. Game will be the main event and follow half a dozen games of uh, representative footy, including the 100th episode of the Southbridge Shield Clash between North Canterbury and Ellesmere. It's a fantastic initiative and exactly what the sports needs uh, more in, uh, of a t- in a time when returning the, to the game to the people might just be the antidote to the problem. Uh, George Berry is Head of Engagement at Canterbury Rugby. He's been the driving force behind it all. Joins us uh, from the Rangiora Showgrounds live now as the captain's runs aren't too far away. Good morning to you, George. Thank you. Morning, Smitty. How are you? Oh, I'm damn good, mate. How many of your waking hours uh, are spent in your role trying to get people to come and watch rugby? Oh, gee, that's a million-dollar question, really, isn't it? I, I guess that's the big bit of two is, um, you know, when you've got a, an unfortunately an ugly stadium that's cold and got poles in your way and things like that, it, it's not conducive to it. And uh, when you have to eat the old, same old soggy pie and the $30 beer, um, it, it's not conducive uh, compared to sitting at home having a great experience that Sky put on when they broadcast the product. So, yeah, I mean, I spend... I'd hate to know countless hours trying to work out how we get people to um, to come to rugby and, and uh, yeah, hopefully this weekend we've got a bit of a taster to see uh, potentially what, what they might look like in the future and, and hopefully it is a new recipe. Before we get to that, George, and uh, I'm keen to do that, I just want have you had a chance to look at uh, the findings of this independent panel yet? Because it, it does pertain to your line of work uh, to a large degree. I, to be perfectly honest, Smithy, I, I haven't, um, but I, I probably have a fairly good idea what it, what it might say, and, it, and it's really simple. Like, if you, if you constantly talk to your community, uh, which we try to do all the time, um, yeah, it's the same feedback. It's the same feedback. Like, a number of people for us too is, you know, I'd support Canterbury Rugby or I'd you know, buy a corporate suite or I'd do those things, but I'm not going to do it while you've got X or Y. So um, I'd, I'd be surprised if the findings weren't as we thought they might be. Right, OK, let's get into this weekend. Sounds like a, a great initiative. How did it come about? Uh, well, actually, I'm a Rangiora junior. There is no Rangiora rugby club anymore, but I'm a, I'm a Rangiora junior, so uh, this part of 30 years ago, I used to spend probably three or four days a week at the showgrounds running around playing my junior footy. So I always kind of knew what it could look like. Um, and then when I took the role as head of engagement at Canterbury, I, I understood we could take uh, one game a year away from the stadium in town um, and then started to kind of work through what it, what it might look like and what are the facilities that we need to, to play at this level um, at NPC and FPC and things like that and, and kind of connected a few dots and uh, yeah, pitched it pitched it to Tony, our CEO, and he was on board. So then I had to get Sky on board and New Zealand Rugby on board and Taranaki on board and the officials on board. And then uh, North Canterbury and Ellesmere were supposed to play their 100th game last weekend. Um, so I had to get them to shift the date. Uh, lucky enough, North Canterbury are, are the holders of the Southbridge Shield, so they get to dictate uh, where the venue is within North Canterbury. So got them on board. But, yeah, I think by the time I went through it, Smithy, it was about 12 different stakeholders I had to kind of get to agree to what it was going to look like. Um, and, yeah, thankfully enough I've sort of been given the blessing or, or maybe enough rope to hang myself, depending on, on which way you look at it. But, uh <laughs> I, I think it's going to be pretty cool come tomorrow and, and certainly the weather's played ball out here and um, yeah, she's, she's been a stressful but a fun week. So George, it starts pretty early. Tell us uh, about the rundown. 
Yeah, well, that was probably the thing. We unfortunately kind of had to work backwards with no lights out here. We had to work backwards for uh, Sky and the broadcast of the NPC game. So a two o five kickoff really was was the the element to it. We tried to get a little bit earlier, so then we could make the feature match the actual North Canterbury Ellesmere game. Um, but um, yeah, just didn't quite work. So yeah, Hubbard's nine under sixteens North Canterbury v Ellesmere. Uh, I think ten o'clock is a kickoff for uh, under eighteens, and then about eleven. Back on the other field is um, uh, Colts, and then uh, a development sort of system after that about 11:30, and then 12:05. The, the let's call it the main game: Southbridge Shield, North Canterbury versus Ellesmere. 100 years of it uh, on the main oval, and then uh, 2:05, you know, Canterbury take on Taranaki. So. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how many people will get out here, to be honest. Everyone, that's sort of been the million-dollar question too. Will we get 3,000? Will we get 6,000? What will we do? I, I don't know. Then equally, I don't know where we're going to put everybody, but um, we'll see how we go. So what about things like um, refreshments, um, that, that kind of thing? Uh, you know, when you take it away from the major stadiums, which is security, all these horrible words that you throw into uh, the necessity of sport these days. I mean, what do you do about those things? I, I can tell you for a fact, Smitty, this will not be a cost-saving activity as opposed to playing uh, at a stadium that's set up for this on a regular basis. There's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but, yeah, there's 15 or 16 food trucks in here. Actually, the, the extra little grandstand that I've just hired for 1800 bucks for the weekend's just arrived, so it's about to get packed in. Um, you know, we've had to spend twenty odd thousand bucks on getting the field up to scratch. Uh, but uh, you know, a, a, a bar license we had to get. The old Ashley, one of the local rugby clubs here, has taken over the bar for us and running that for the weekend. Uh, it's a bit of a fundraiser for them. Uh, there was a bit of a challenge, to be perfectly honest, with the, the YMAC Council to, to get a liquor license the way that we that we kind of wanted it to be there. But uh, so that's at a, at a really sort of shrunk down version of it. Certainly um, want to promote. You know, good safe drinking, but um, you know, it's one of one of those things. A bit of uh, rugby and beer kind of go hand in hand in a responsible way, so that, that took its challenges. Uh, lots of promotion, uh, say fifteen odd food trucks. There's uh, yeah, there's uh, bouncy castles out here. There's candy floss. There's there's everything. Like we really, when we dived into it, we really wanted to get to uh, it being a real family fun day. So there's a lot of that. Uh, equally, you know, we've only got 250 corporate spaces because that's all the field kind of allows for the way that it's structured. So, um, you know, to be honest, I, I probably could have sold about seven, eight hundred of those um, in the end, but we did just literally didn't have the space to put them. Uh, so it will be old-fashioned, kind of four or five deep uh, along the bank, I, I think, come Saturday. So, uh, George, uh, have you had any feedback from the players and the coaches uh, about this? Uh, to be the funny thing is I, I came out here, well, I've been out here all week, um, and by out here I'm talking 20 minutes north of Christchurch, so it's not exactly, you know, it's the difference between Napier and Hastings, basically. Um, but uh, I came out here, I, I snuck, snuck down to do something, and I came back, and uh, Willie Hines uh, at uh, England International was out here, he'd come out on his day off because he was just interested to see what it was looking like, and he was out here with his boy who was crook for the day, and he was standing in front of the grandstand doing the haka, to an empty grandstand, um, and to me, for a son of an England international to be doing that and to be fizzed on, you know, rugby at grassroots, uh, yeah, absolutely, that was that was the real bit for me that said we we're on the right track. Um, the players in that are, yeah, absolutely, it's, it's different. The changing rooms are smaller. Uh, there's no ice baths. There's all of that sort of stuff, but. Yeah, we, we've tried to take an approach this year for Canterbury that it's um, it's semi-professional rugby. It's not 
you know, it's not professional rugby. Uh, it's semi-professional. And, and get away from the terminology high performance too because high performance is the All Blacks or Super or things like that. Like absolutely you want to perform at your best, but I think once you start to change the terms a little bit, people start to see people's expectation changes a little bit. Um, mm. You know, like half of these guys that do go back and play club rugby, they're in tiny little situations with crappy fields and things like that on a regular basis. It's only just the fact that we've got 30-something super rugby players that have a, have a different expectation, but if you dial the clock back four or five years ago, they were playing on this stuff every every week, you know? George, that's an interesting point you make, and um, I would imagine Taranaki are all over this because, uh, what, they had, they had two years at Inglewood, uh, which is not dissimilar. In fact, it's a lot smaller than Rangiora. Uh, but they had two years of taking uh, provincial rugby there, so they would be uh, right uh, in your ballpark here, wouldn't they? Yeah, I haven't had too much connection. I know uh, Michael Sheed, our sort of match day manager, was talking to them the other day and, and just gave them the kind of, hey, this is, you know, don't expect the Ritz when you arrive. Uh, and they all said the same, you know, well, we took you to Pukakura Park last year and it was a, um, you know, you had a changing room the size of a bloody letterbox. So, um yeah, you know, that, that expectation is there, absolutely. I think they'll enjoy it. I think they'll enjoy the crowd. Um, I think, you know, the crowd will be right on top of the game. Um, I, I suspect that they will enjoy it just as much as they have getting around uh, their grounds. Absolutely. I've got a broadcast company too. We do a lot of Farah Palmer Cup and we spend a lot of time at Stratford and things like that broadcasting mm. those games. And, and when you look up and you see the mountain all covered in snow and, um, you know, those sorts of uh, environments that everyone's getting an ice cream or a beer or whatever else at grassroots, mate. That's that sings rugby to my heart every day of the week, rather than a, in a big old um, big old grandstand or a big buddy um, big stadium that you you pay twenty bucks for a beer. That's for sure. Southbridge Shield, uh, it's the hundredth episode, the hundredth uh, time it's been up for grabs. So tell us a wee bit about uh, the history of the Southbridge Shield, mate, because that is the kind of stuff we've got to get back to as well. I feel. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, interesting. I was reading a few comments that we, we put together, actually a 12-page newspaper that went in the local paper the other day and uh, did a lot of the, the writing for them and put them in. And, and to hear 10 or 15 of the old boys talk about the Southbridge Shield and the things that mattered to them, you know, some of those guys have never gone on to play uh, for Canterbury or for anyone else. So that that is the high performance or that is the histories and the bonds and things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, Ellesmere, or part of Ellesmere and, and Rangura were, were some founding clubs of, of Canterbury back in the day, so it screams to how old that sort of stuff is. Um, but absolutely, the rivalry between, you know, what's kind of north of Christchurch versus Ellesmere, which is effectively south, sort of southwest of Christchurch, um, you know, that's fantastic. They, they, you know, they drive up. There's already been plenty of banter. There's guys saying, oh, we're not staying for the aftermatch dinner, and we're not doing this, and we're not doing that, and I don't know whether it's just to throw people off, but, you know, there's a lot of games that like, literally you've got to go to the opposition's uh, home ground, they get to decide where it's going to go and you've got to go there and beat them to take the shield off them and take it home because the holder of the shield gets to decide where the game is um, and, and subsequently the game's underneath it but you know th- those guys take that shield with them, they'll stop at half a dozen pubs or, or whatever else on, on the way home and have a great time and enjoy a few raspberry and cokes with their mates and, and have some great bonds and, and they're the rep teams that come out of club rugby, you know, they're exactly how 
we sort of get to at Canterbury, but that, that is the pathway to get into Canterbury uh, or, or to high-performance rugby is to go through those systems. And uh, so those guys love it. They absolutely love it. They've got those bonds that, you know, whether you play for Darfield or for, for Southbridge or wherever else, you come into an Elsbury team and the same in North Canterbury. You play for Glenmark or Kaiapoi or Saracens and then you come together in a North Canterbury team and you you know, you fight for something that's, that's about your place or your heritage or your family or those things. And mate, they, they get talked about it at the club room or down the sale yards or down the street for, for weeks and months to come. So, yeah, there's been plenty of build-up around this one, that's for sure. George, you mentioned something before, which I, I, I just made a little note of as you were talking. You said you were a rungi or a junior, but uh, it doesn't exist anymore. What happened? Uh, oh, I think politics. A few, few uh, and I won't call them old boys because they'll full respect to everything that someone's come before us, but... I think a few challenges between what was the, the sort of venue owners, the Rangura Showgrounds Committee, uh, or the Northern AMP show as they're, they're called now, um, and what was some boys on, on the old Rangura Rugby Club and decided that it, it didn't work for them, and so they, they joined back with Southbrook. So Rangura is not a, not a great big town, but effectively there was two clubs here. They joined together and then subsequently moved all their, their rugby down to, to Southbrook to another set of grounds. But well, the ironic thing with that, Smithy is that club's now in debt uh, and having to work their way through that as opposed to just working with people and coming up with a great outcome. So, yeah, I, I think it's a few a few old boys that, um, uh, you know, maybe didn't see, see the writing on the wall or didn't see how they could communicate and cooperate with other people to get an outcome. So they, they dig their toes in or dig their heels in and, and think that they're making the, the right decision for everybody. But... I think looking back, um, or as I've said to a few other people, like you can hold on to things and, and worry about doing things for your club that's been around for 50 or 100 years, or you can take a different view and think about what about the 50 years with the future. So make some decisions mm. about the future of the club rather than the past of the club, you know? Yeah, and uh, George, just uh, just finally, uh, if this works, and uh, you know, God willing, with the weather and everything, it, it works for you because of the, the sound, of the, the amount of work you put in, it deserves to work for you. Uh, any other views on perhaps in coming seasons? Uh, any other venues around the area you could contemplate? Oh, I mean, there's probably more of a personal view than a than a union view, but I'd love to see us have multiple high performance hubs sort of dotted around, one out west, one out east, one in Selwyn, and maybe one in North Canterbury. And you know, do do we have lights? Do we have artificials? Do we have um, uh, a show field? Do we have you know? There's all of those sorts of things. And, and I, I know that Canterbury's having lots of conversations at a board level at the moment, and um, some strategic sort of. Uh, initiatives and, and great that they are. Um, so to answer your question, I 100% hope so. Uh, we've definitely got a, a recipe now that's that's in the can that we can take this forward um, and do that. Um, Fortunately or unfortunately at the moment, we're contracted to the stadium uh, for the next couple of years that uh, you know that helps the Crusaders play there in the meantime because there's obviously a business model there that someone's got to pay for the current fixture in the current stadium that's there, but yeah, I, I wholeheartedly believe this is the future of MPC rugby from a from a playing engagement and a broadcast perspective. But that's that's a hundred percent a personal view, not a um, not a not a um, unanimous union view. That's for sure. Well, you you uh, you've put together this um, the prospect of this in a, in a really good matchup because this is these are two top draw teams, uh, Taranaki and and Canary, um, George. Uh, have you got a forecast for the game? How do you set going? What are the key points? 
Um, well, it's going to be a beautiful day. I can assure you that. I'd say I'm standing in the middle of the Oval at the moment, actually just watching some kids run around and the boys are getting ready for their their um, uh, for their captain's run, wearing actually the North Canterbury version. Our, our training kit, one side's Ellesmere and one side's North Canterbury. So that's, um, that's slightly ironic this year with that here doing it. But oh, I, mean, I, oh, I don't know. I thought we were going to beat Wellington last weekend and we couldn't quite get across the line. So... I don't want to. I don't want to hope too much. Um, but yeah, you know, Taranaki have been going, going extremely well too. So yeah, as I say, we, we probably couldn't have hoped for a better matchup. Um, yeah, do we get up? I certainly hope so. I hope. I hope we can get up. And as a North Canterbury boy too, I probably hope North Canterbury can get up too. So uh, then I don't have to scope another venue out for next year. We can just come back again. But um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be great for me. I, I hope you know. Um, uh, yeah, I know. So I said to Sky early on, like. You know, get the number one crew down here. Get everything down here and throw the kitchen sink at this because this is going to be a special day. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what it looks like um, at 2.05 tomorrow, that's for sure. So am I, George. Uh, I'll be tuning in just uh, to see what the feedback's been and, and the response from the, the Canterbury public, Rangiora public in particular. Hey, all the best with it, George. It's been fascinating talk to you. I'll tell you what, if we had, um, just by the sound of your enthusiasm, if we had... Uh, more people uh, are like you involved in promoting the game around the country at this level. Uh, we might not be talking so much about the problems that it's got. George, uh, congratulations and all the very best. Thank you, mate. Appreciate the time.